0: So we're going to pick up tonight where we left off last week in our Baptist Catechism. Before we do that, I want to see just exactly um, how close you can get from memory. Or if you've got your papers, you may be able to cheat a little bit. But just from the top of your head, who is the first and the best of all beings? God is the first and the best of all beings, correct? And then... um, what is the chief end of man? What is the main purpose of man? His chief end. Glorify, glory glorify God. God. Glorify God and what? Enjoy. Glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The two go hand in hand. And again, we're not going to go back and re-study it, but that, that's the answer, and you can go back and see what that means um, in your question two of your catechism. Question three How do we know there is a God? Right? The works of God. That plainly declares that there is a God. But do the works... So there's a natural knowledge of God, right? But is that natural knowledge enough to save men? What does it require for men to be saved? What kind of knowledge of God? Spiritual knowledge, spiritual knowledge of God is required. We cannot see Him for who He is unless the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to who He is and who we are, and that's when we see Him. Hey, buddy. <clears throat> All right. Question number four: What is the Word of God? Is the Mormon Book of Mormon the Word of God? No. Is the um, Watchtower of the Jehovah's Witness the Word of God? The Old and the New Testaments, the scriptures of the Old and the New Testaments, they were given by divine inspiration. They are the Word of God. They are the only infallible rule of faith and practice. Nothing else. Not the Old, the New, and the Apocrypha. And again, one, one argument from past time is that the Apocrypha is supposed to be included, that you don't have. There will be people, there are actually people today that will say to you, You don't have the whole Bible. You don't have the whole Word of God. We studied last week that that is absolutely not true. The Word of God are the scriptures of the Old and the New Testaments. They are the only scriptures given by divine inspiration. They are the Word of God, the only infallible rule of faith and practice. Tonight we get to question number five. How do we know that the Bible is the Word of God? How do we know that the Old Testament and the New Testament Scriptures are the Word of God? Here's the answer. We'll read it and then we'll get your input on it. The Bible evidences itself to be God's Word by the heavenliness of its doctrine, the unity of its parts, and its power to convert sinners and to edify the saints but only the Spirit of God can make us willing to agree and submit to the Bible as the Word of God. Now let's go down to the comment, and we'll look at a few of these scriptures here in just a minute to see what this means. But the comment down below it says, heavenliness refers to the fact that the teachings of Scripture are of such a nature that they cannot be explained by mere human resources. Somebody give me... An enlightenment. Somebody enlighten me on um what that means. It's super massive. I mean it's we can't describe it, we can't we can't see it, we can't it's just there. That's There's right. There's no way a human had the ability to create the heavens and the earth and for it to coincide right. with each other the way that it does. Okay. not to decipher it anyway. Right. <laughs> That's right. You know, one of the thing, just one thing. This ain't the complete answer to what he means by the heavenliness of the scriptures, but one thing to think about. It said the unity of its parts. Remember, I told you last week that it was uh, sixty-six books written by forty or forty-four different authors. I can't remember exactly which, but sixty-six different books, forty-four different authors, written over a period of fifteen hundred years. From Three different continents is where all these books were written. And yet from Genesis to Revelations, it has absolute unity. Perfectly agrees. Prophecies fulfilled and depicted. From all those different authors, from all those different places, the unity of its parts. You cannot explain that outside of supernatural ability. There is no way to be able to explain that. Um one of the reasons why, just one of the reasons, I just gave you one of the reasons why I believe so strongly that the Bible is the Word of God. Another reason is because what it reveals about me. What it reveals about mankind. It is the only thing in this world that can explain to me why the heart of man is the way that it is why my heart is evil to its core. And the Bible is the only thing that tells me this is the problem. And the Bible is also the only thing that says this is the cure. And since I have followed the cure, I have seen the evidence of this supernatural power at work in my evil heart. And so because of, so go back to the answer again. The answer up top, it says, The Bible evidences itself to be God's Word by the heavenliness of its doctrine, the unity of its parts, and its power to convert sinners. That right there is one of the reasons why I know absolutely that the Bible is true. It is the only thing that can explain to me from Genesis to Revelations about how we came to be where we are, why we are the way we are today. So we have the creation explained. We have the fall explained. We have the redemption explained, the salvation explained on how, it, how God converts sinners. And then we have the restorations explained from Genesis to Revelations. If you wanted to break the Bible down into four parts, that's four parts you could say. The Bible is all about this, creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. Rest restoration being what book? Primarily. Revelations. Talks about how God is going to restore everything. Creation, primarily Genesis. The fall, primarily Genesis three, all the way through. The redemption, primarily the New Testament from the Gospels all the way to justification by faith throughout the letters to the churches and then the restoration. And so you have the answer to all of life's issues. There's not a single one that's left out. You have every, there is not a question that is not answered as far as about this life and about this world. There's not a question that's not answered. That's right. That's right. There's There's only one thing left to take place. That's right. We're waiting on it. What'd you say, Judy? There's nothing in this world that will convert a soul. Right. No matter what we have or we don't have, money cannot. That's right. Um, It is only, and that's why at the last of it it says, but only the Spirit of God can make us willing to agree and submit to the Bible as the Word of God. I think it's Acts chapter 16. I think is where it is. Um, somebody, look in Acts chapter 16, verse. Um, you already got one, don't you? Look here. You brought your homework, brother. I didn't know if you brought one or not. <laughs> With you being a school teacher, I figured you'd have your homework, but I didn't know. Yeah. Give one to your wife. She didn't bring her homework. <laughs> Uh, look at verse 23 and see if that's it. 1623. What does that say? Okay, that's not it. Hold on one second. What I'm looking for is where Lydia. 1611? Is that where Lydia's at? Yeah, okay, look at 16 verse um, 14. 16 verse 14. Read that. Anybody who starts reading. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have just me to be faithful." So let me ask you a question. According to the end of verse 14, how was it that Lydia came to have the ability to be able to submit and agree to what Paul was preaching from the Word of God? That's just one example of where we see that. That's just one example. I can show you many more. But that's one example. Well, Jesus himself, what did he say? No one comes to the Father but by me. But in another scripture, he said, No one comes to the Father unless what? The Spirit draws him. Unless he is drawn. This is, the, it is only by the power of the Spirit of God that he makes us willing to agree and submit to the Bible as the Word of God. Because our hearts are born with a constant rebellion to God. You understand that, right? You don't, have to grow, you don't have to teach a child to be rebellious. You have to teach and train them and you have to uh, discipline the rebellion out of them. Correct? That's exactly right. And, and, and so again, we, we have to have the power of God, the Spirit of God to open our eyes, to open our heart so that we are willing to agree and submit to the Word of God. And until that happens... You're going to be in rebellion in this rebellious heart. Go um, to the Scriptures. Let's look at a few of them to see if the Scriptures agree with these. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. We won't look at all of them, but if y'all all want to turn together, I'd like for you to see it in your Bible. I don't ever want you to take my word for anything. Ever. I always want you to test and try all things according to the Word of God. Either either you see it from the Word of God or you don't trust it. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 and 7. He says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Now remember, I'm glad that I read about Lydia first because Paul was trying to impart wisdom to everybody that he preached to, but it was a hidden wisdom, and so he could preach the word of God and he could preach till he was blue in the face. But unless God revealed it, it would remain hidden, and there is nothing that we that we can do about that. Go with me to um, verse thirteen through sixteen of the same chapter. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by what? Amen. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Again, there it's, it's not taught. I can teach... Do you know how many... I mean, some of y'all have been teachers longer than I have, but I have taught a lot of lessons. I've preached a lot of sermons. And yet there are people that have sit under my teaching for years and years and years and they're no further along than they were when I first started. Is that my fault? And so what we have to understand here is this is a work that only the Holy Spirit can do. He is the only one that can do this. This is another reason why we pray. We pray hard for each other. We pray hard for people. We pray hard for our lost loved ones that God would open their eyes, that they would see their sin condition, that the Spirit would draw them the same way that He drew me, the same way that He drew you. How many of you remember the night that you were drawn or the day that you were drawn? You understand what I'm talking about. There is a drawing power that comes from this Holy Spirit. And He is the one that opens our eyes. He is the one that opens our heart. He is the one that has the power to make us understand and believe that the Word of God, the Bible, is true and it is powerful. Look at um, Psalm chapter 19 verse 7 and 9. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, they rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, it enlightens the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, it endures forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Look at uh, Psalm 119 verse 18. Look at the prayer of this um, psalmist. I love this right here. Somebody read that. Verse um, start verse 18 of Psalm 119. Open my eyes that I may things out of your law. All right, so what is the w- uh, go ahead and finish that next part? So what is the prayer of this, this uh, psalmist? What's he asking for? Open my, open my eyes and then don't do what? Don't hide your word from me. Don't keep, it, don't keep it from me. I know it's perfect. I know it revives the soul. I know that it has the ability to rejoice. I, I know all these things. But I also know that unless you open my eyes, unless you, you reveal it to me, These are things that the natural cannot comprehend. They cannot understand it. It is only the spiritual by the Holy Spirit that are able to do that. Stay in Psalm 119 and look at verse 129. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me as is your way with those who love your name. And you could go on. I encourage you to go back and you read the rest of these. Let me look them over and see if there's any in particular that stand out to me. Um, Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. I have beat this horse to death with y'all, but I I think it's a scripture that if you memorize it, it would be good for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 14, and we'll go into chapter 4 and end in verse 6. And those are the verses that he's covering right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Look at what this says. But their minds were hardened. Now he's talking about the Israelites here, right? What does it mean that their minds were hardened? They were blinded, right? Couldn't hear, couldn't see. In other words, God did not allow them to see. He, he blinded them, He hardened them. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, and the Old Covenant is the Old Testament, right? The Word of God, right? The only infallible rule of life and practice, of faith and practice. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Well, How does that happen? Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, there again, we're seeing the only way this hardness is lifted, the only way this blindness is lifted, the only power to actually help us to be able to see what God says to us from His Word is when the Spirit opens our eyes and we turn to the Lord. And then verse 18, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This transformation process that that you're going through is where the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to who you are, who God is, to your need for Jesus, to your sanctification and your transformation and And from one degree of glory to another, He changes you little bit by little bit. And this comes from, according to the end of of verse 18 there, for this comes from what? The Lord who is the Spirit. And then go down to, we'll skip the first part. Um, No, we won't. Let's read chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, having this ministry... By the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. And he's talking about the ministry of preaching the gospel so that the Spirit will open blinded eyes. So since we have this ministry, by the mercy of God, we don't lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning and to tamper with God's Word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, what does he mean when he says that? And Even if somebody can't see it when I preach it. Even if it's hidden. Even if I preach and preach and preach and they can't see it. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And here's the problem. In their case, the God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Why? To keep them from seeing. To keep them from seeing what? The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so you have Satan that is trying to keep all those who are perishing in their sin. He wants to keep them blinded. And he's working overtime trying to make sure that they can't see. But there's one thing that He cannot stop. What do you think it is? You think it's preaching? Can He stop preaching? What can He not stop? The power of the Holy Spirit. He cannot stop the drawing of the Holy Spirit. He cannot stop the Holy Spirit from taking the Word that is sown and opening eyes and opening hearts so let's keep going, verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now remember, Satan's trying to keep you from seeing what? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But God, the same God that said let light shine in darkness is the same God that has said let the light shine in your heart. And so if you want to know how you came to understand that the Bible is true, that the Bible is the Word of God, if you are a believer today, it only happened because the same God that said let there be light. And what happened when He said let there be light? Could anything stop it? The light couldn't even stop it, right? The light couldn't say, I don't want to be light. (laughs) Right? The light just became light. Well, let me explain something to you. When God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to you, and He looks at your heart and says, let there be light, guess what? It's It's lit. That's what the young folks say today. It's lit. That's what they say. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all ain't hip like I am. <coughs> it's lit. All right. <laughs> oh, All right. Question number six. You know what? Before we go there, let's finish reading the comment of question five. "'Heavenliness refers to the fact that the teachings of Scripture are of such a nature that they cannot be explained by mere human resources. They bear the marks of the supernatural. No one ever spoke like this man,' is what they said about Jesus in John chapter 7, verse 46. "'The unity of its parts has to do especially with the way all Scripture points to Christ.'" To Him all the prophets bear witness. As is said in Acts chapter 10 verse 43. There are detailed and scholarly historical arguments for the reliability of the Bible, but these are generally beyond the acquaintance of ordinary Christians and so do not serve as widespread support for Scripture. They are needed, however, in the scholarly area. In the scholarly arena, I'm sorry. And so there are... Many proofs that the Bible is the Word of God. But the one that this catechism says is the one that is most important is the heavenliness of its doctrine, the unity of its parts, the power it has to convert sinners. The power it has to convert me. (laughs) Anything that's got power to convert my heart? Man, that's that's pretty powerful stuff. And so... Those are some of the reasons why we know that the Bible is the Word of God. Question number six. May all men make use of the Scriptures? Okay. Anybody else? May all men make use of the Scriptures? And I would answer this, even though the the catechism is going to go another direction, I would answer this yes and no. I would say yes, but really only if the Holy Spirit allows it. But let's read the answer and see what it says. The Scriptures mainly teach what man... I'm sorry, I'm I'm down one. All men are not only permitted, but commanded and exhorted to read, to hear, and to understand the Scriptures. And so what what I see in this is that Even though... What did you say, Robert? Talk to the Christian when he said that. Talk to the Christian? He's talking to the Christian people when he said that. Okay. And so you think he's saying that all men here means all believers. So may all believers. But that's not the question. The question is may all men and all mankind, believer or unbeliever, may they make use of the scriptures. Okay. Well, according to the answer, to read, to hear, and to understand. Let me ask you a question. All right. If you're not led by the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand. That's correct. But I think what you're going to see here, and we're going to get deeper into this as we get into the catechism, but you're going to see. And, and this is where we start getting a little confused because we start questioning whether God is right in the way that He does things. But let me explain something. God's standard of right is... God is not right or wrong based on what your standard of right or wrong is. God is right. Bottom line. Period. Period. That's it. God is right. But what you're going to learn is that man is responsible for his sin. Man is responsible for not coming to faith in Christ, even though the Word of God declares that the only way they can come is if he draws them. And yet he's still responsible. And again, this is where we start questioning, okay, God, how are you doing things here? But the Bible does teach that. Let's look at some of the scriptures to see before we start getting too confused. John chapter 5 verse 39. The Gospel of John chapter 5 verse 39. And we'll go into verse 40. It says here in verse 39, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So here we see that Jesus says, You were responsible to read the Scriptures, and he's talking to the Pharisees here, they were not saved, all right. They were lost. They did not have saving faith. He says, you're searching the Scriptures because you think that in these Old Testament Scriptures you have eternal life. But it is these Scriptures that bear witness about me, is what Jesus said. Yet, you refuse to come to me that you may have life. And so here is where I think that you see that God gives mankind the opportunity to know Him through the Scriptures, to hear the truth, to know the truth. And then God holds them responsible for whether or not they, they see it or don't see it. But again, the Scriptures teach us that unless the Holy Spirit opens their eyes, they can't see. And so you have this question here. Okay, God, it's up to you to do this. But we're still responsible. And the answer is, yeah, that's right. And blinded, according to um, Romans chapter 11, according to Second Corinthians chapter four, okay, yeah, there were many places we see that. Let's look at a few other scriptures, see what else it says. Luke chapter 16, verse 29. Luke chapter 16, verse 29. You should know this story very well. The story of um, the rich man and Lazarus. Remember, the rich man dies and he goes to Hades. And the, uh, Lazarus dies and he goes to Abraham's bosom. And now the rich man is looking up, lifting his eyes up from Hades. And here's what, one of the things that he says here in verse 29. Or actually he, he told him in verse twenty eight, for if I have for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them lest they also come into this place of torment. So what does he want him to do? His brothers so they wouldn't wouldn't him. Up wouldn't... That's exactly right. He wants him to send somebody to them so that they'll so that they'll believe. Verse twenty-nine. But Abraham said. They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. What did that mean? What do they have? They had the Word of God, correct? They had Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Verse 30, And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, or let's replace that with the Word of God, Right? if they do not hear the Word of God, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. That's a pretty powerful word from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself right there. All right. So here again, men are commanded to make use of the Scripture. Men are exhorted to read them, to hear them, and to understand them. And so the answer to the question is yes, God has given us this word, and He means for all men to know Him from this word. And yet there are going to be many, because of hardness of heart, because of sin, and they're going to be responsible for it, but there's going to be many that because of that, they refuse to know Him. They refuse to know Him. In here, I mean, like, some people get so involved in the religion itself, but they miss Christ. Well, and I think that's one of the things that that he was talking about in the previous scripture we were at where he was talking to the Pharisees and he said, you search the Old Testament scriptures. I mean, these were the most religious sect of the Jews. There was nobody more religious than the Pharisees. And yet he said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. And yet they testify and bear witness to me. And yet you refuse to come to me for life. And so yes, I think that's exactly what you're talking about right there. Look at the next scripture, Acts chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. You know, another thing to point out there while you turn into Acts chapter 8, another thing to point out in that last scripture where we were looking at um, the rich man and Lazarus, you see that we're, we're held responsible to know God from the Scriptures. Remember what he said to him. He said, hey, please, let somebody rise from the dead and go back and preach to my brother so that they don't come here. And he said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. That's what he said. In other words, they have a responsibility. There is somebody that has a responsibility to preach, and then these people have a responsibility to hear. And then they have the responsibility to believe. Verse uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. This is the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. (laughs) And it says here that the eunuch was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked him, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the Scripture that he was reading was this, and then it goes down through there. But here's the the point that I see in that. Man has the responsibility and the command to read the Scriptures, to hear the Scriptures, And to understand the Scriptures. And again, the question comes up, well, if we can't understand them on our own, then why do we have the responsibility to? And I truly believe one of the answers, at least one of the answers, I can't provide every answer. I can only tell you that the Bible does teach this. And the Bible is true. But at least one answer is, He sends people to teach. He sends people to preach. And as they do that, He sends His Holy Spirit to open the eyes, open the heart, and to give them faith to believe. Another place you'll see that, this one's not on here, but go to, um, hold your place right there because we're going back to Acts 17 here in a minute. But go to Romans chapter 10. Starting in verse 17, a scripture that you're very familiar with. So faith comes from what? And hearing what? So stop there for just a minute. I want you to understand something. We have a responsibility to hear. We have a responsibility to read. We have a responsibility to understand and to have faith. And anyone that does not have faith when they stand before God, they will be judged and they will spend an eternity in in the wrath of God, right? And so here we see this responsibility and the way that we get this faith is faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Look at verse 18. But I ask, have they not heard? (laughs) Indeed they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, All day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. And here he's talking about the fact that all the Jews heard and the Jews were supposed to be a witness to the world and preach to the world and they failed in that and God made Himself known to a people that didn't seek Him, to a people that didn't ask for Him and here's how He did it. Back up to verse 14 in Romans 10. How would they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without what? And how are they to preach unless what? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news but they have not all obeyed the gospel. And so here's the point from all that section right there. We, all men, are commanded to read the Scriptures, to hear the Scriptures, to believe the Scriptures. All men are are commanded to do this. Yet not all all men will, but... The way that God is going to open their eyes so that they can hear it, so that they can understand it, so that they can believe it is He's going to preach the gospel. How's He going to preach the gospel? He's going to send people. He's going to send people to preach the gospel. And all men are commanded, required, and exhorted to hear the scriptures, to read the scriptures, and to obey the scriptures. I wished I had have done it. I didn't write it down. But if you wanted to do a quick Google search, search scriptures that say, Have you not read? If you'll go back through Jesus' teachings, every time He addressed the Pharisees in an era that they were in, um, and I could, I could name you many, it was usually traditions, but one of them was whenever um, His disciples were out there picking wheat from the field and eating on uh, Sabbath day. They were hungry. And then the Pharisees came in and said, Hey, hold on a minute. Do your disciples not understand the law? Do they not know that this is illegal and this is against God's rule? And Jesus started out with this statement. Have you not read where David ate of the showbread that was only legal for the priest to eat from when he was hungry? And so here's the point. Jesus says over and over when He's addressing the Pharisees, the issue is this, you have not read, you have not understood, and yet you have a responsibility to read these Scriptures, to hear these Scriptures, and to understand these Scriptures so that He may open your eyes and you may see it and believe it and follow Him in it. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? How confused are you? Scale of 1 to 10. <coughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, again, here's the point. We are commanded, each and every one of us, to read them, to hear them, to understand them, and to believe them. Well, isn't that what the prophets actually were? Preachers to go out and take the word out to the people and, and, and bring it to them. So that they may believe. But they didn't. And that's the reason Romans 10, that's that's exactly what he's talking about. These prophets were sent. Isaiah said, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. And yet, not all have obeyed the Lord. Not all have believed, is what he said. And so we have to understand that we have a responsibility to, as people whose eyes have been opened, now our job is to go out and preach and teach so that the Holy Spirit will open others' eyes. And that is the only way it's going to happen. All right. Next week, let's just go through... uh, We're not going to read the Scriptures, but question number seven. We'll pick up on uh, question number eight next week. Question number seven. What do the Scriptures mainly teach? That's right. Who Jesus is. Here's the answer. The Scriptures mainly teach what man is to believe about God, and what duty God requires of man. When God wanted to reveal Himself to you, He didn't, um, he didn't produce a movie, even though The Passion of the Christ is a good movie, and um, uh, The Jesus Film is a good movie, and the, the Bible, the series of the Bible is good to watch. But when God wanted to reveal Himself to man, He didn't produce a movie. He didn't worked some kind of great um, cloud of fire in the sky, even though the Israelites were led by it in the wilderness. But when God wanted to reveal Himself to man and show us who He is, He wrote a book. He told men, remember we looked it up last week, He told men, write it down. Write it down. This is who I am. This is what I require. This is my law. This is how you have fell short of it. This is where you stand with me. So, the scriptures mainly teach who God is and what man's duty is toward God. And that's what you find in it. Question number eight. Here's where you'll pick up, and we'll study it together next week. What is God? What is God? I'll leave you with that. All right. Any questions tonight? Huh? I will get you, um, I will print that page off next week. But here's the question What is God? I didn't print that page off tonight. I didn't think we'd get that far. Huh? No, that's fine. I mean, that's a pretty simple question. What is God? What is God? So y'all think about it. If you want a head start on it again, you can go to desiringgod.com, look up a Baptist catechism, and um, you can print off or you can look, uh, get a PDF file of this whole thing. (coughs) Or if you would like one tonight, you see me or Chastity, and we'll be glad to get you a copy of it uh, for for next week beforehand. But I'm just curious what you're going to come up with. What is God? Yes, ma'am. The Bible says in the beginning, I mean, God, uh, John 1 and 1, the Word is God. Right, that's right. In the beginning was the Word, the Word yeah, the is God, the Word was God. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I'll say, you know, here's, here, if you gave me that answer next week, what I'm going to want to know for you is what does that mean? So let's talk about that next week and let's see what what is God. We're going to get detailed on it. What is God? Because He's not human, right? All right. Thank you all for your time and attention tonight, and um, I look forward to what you come up with next week. Should be fun.